Hello, and welcome back to the What Is Life Dude podcast, everybody. We are Eric and Sarah. Greetings. I hope your week has been going well. Welcome to another episode where we're basically just going to tell you uh, all the thoughts we've had in the last week. Mm-hmm. Let's start with what everyone's dying to know about, which is the baby birds that live in our house. Well, not they didn't live in our house. They lived on our door. They're officially gone. They have all left. And it's funny because they left right after we recorded last week's episode. Are you sure they hadn't already left by the time we recorded last week's episode? Oh my God, had they? I think they had. Oh no, am I giving an update that everyone's like, yeah, we already know they left? Maybe. Oh God. All right, well. This just goes to show how consumed your life has been with birds. I know. I could have sworn they were still there last time. All right, well, either way, it's still on my mind and they're still gone. Mm-hmm. So, oops. <laughs> However, the ducklings that hatched in the little stream slash canal, question mark. Right, what is that thing? Near our house, they're still there. They're thriving. Growing a little bit every time we see them. Every time we go on our walks, we I, I always pull over and stop because it's right at the beginning of our walk. And I look over the, the railing into the creek and I'm like, are they there? Are they there? Sometimes they're there. Mm-hmm. They they live literally right right there. Yeah. It's very cute. It is cute. It's nice when we get to see them. And I'm, I can't express my utter disappointment when they're not there. The cutest thing is that this, this is slightly moving water. So it's always rushing in one direction. Not too aggressively, though. So when these ducks are moving around the water, when they're going in the direction of movement, it's like they're surfing. And then when they turn around... <laughs> They move so slowly, and you can see their little, I was going to say paws. Feet. Feet. Uh, uh, what are they called? I think they're feet. <laughs> Duck feet. Yeah, they're feet. Sure. <laughs> Two feet. Um, you can see them paddling furiously underwater. It really is furious. Yeah. And then you see the parents who kind of just like wade around them, keeping mm-hmm. a watch, and they're just very gracefully, slowly yeah. paddling underneath, you know, like treading water. And the ducklings are like, <laughs> trying as hard as they can to keep up right absolutely adorable we haven't been going on walks like we have been right but it's been 100 degrees here yes for the last two weeks mm-hmm. I, I mean no joke this place does not get spring yeah it's it's very much a place of extremes goes i i feel like we went from me always needing to bring a sweatshirt when we go to the gym just for the space between the car and the gym and now i'm like just going in a sports bra it's so hot i don't really understand yeah so there's something messed up about the weather here okay (laughs) this is why i always have i have trouble sticking with running because i feel like every fall winter ish i i try to undertake like couch to 5k again just to up my fitness and I'm like sort of starting to get into it. It's becoming tolerable. And then it gets so hot and I loathe running in mm-hmm. the heat. And I'm like, oh, I give up again. <laughs> well, when it's this hot, it's not like we can just wake up early mm. and go. I mean, we w- we wake up and at 830, it's already 80 degrees. Yeah. I just, like, it's fine. I, I understand what summer is and that it exists. But it would be great if there was like actually a month of like spring i feel like we got max two weeks Mm -hmm. of like 65 degree weather 
and then it was blazing. Well, it's funny too. Didn't your mom get hail the other day? She did. Yeah, yeah. That, that's another thing that happens. I remember when we lived in Boulder one time, I was picking you up from the warehouse mm. and... Um, you picked me up from the warehouse? I, I, pick, I picked you up for some reason, I remember, because Sean was there and we gave him a ride home. Do you remember that? Where was my car? I don't know. Maybe it was getting worked on or I don't, something. I have no, oh, maybe it was when you were having all of the tire uh, drama. Oh, maybe. Eric has bad luck with his tires. I really do. <laughs> but I, I was picking you guys up and we were driving to drop Sean off. And middle of summer, it starts pouring rain and we start getting hail. Yeah. I was like, and that was shortly after I had moved there. So yeah. that was weird. It does. It does do that. I remember two years ago on the 4th of July when we had our friends over, it just started pouring and then hailing. Mm-hmm. And we were like under our, uh, um, our patio roof outside at our old place. We were like, um, I guess the yard games are over for the day <laughs> since yeah. there's hell yeah some weird shit happens out here but it's also been frustrating to go walking because for some reason there's a ton of pollen blowing around which usually i feel like is not a summer thing i feel like it's two months late right. and usually at the beginning of spring we get that we went for a walk the other day and then um my eyes turned literally bloodshot you know it's funny this happened right like days after i commented oh my god you haven't been having your allergy problems this year isn't that weird yeah usually there are just a few weeks maybe months where i go outside and then i can't stop sneezing i feel like i've learned how to remedy it with the correct steroidal uh nasal spritz sprays (laughs) and I, you said that and then it started in my eyes instead it's all in your mind my i reminded eyes, you that you have allergies and then you started having allergies again my eyes are watering just thinking about the other night oh my sarah God. couldn't even look me in the eye because my eyes were so, so bloodshot <laughs> it was truly disturbing okay what's next what's next yes next topic oh unless you want to detail your would you like to read the ingredients list on the back of your uh, nasal, nasal spray, spray? <laughs> yeah let me go get it real quick <laughs> Yeah, this episode's brought to you by Kroger brand uh, nose spray. <laughs> um, okay, so the well, the first thing on the list was the baby birds, which apparently I have already talked about. Just goes to show how sad I am. Uh, we saw my mom for her birthday last week. We drove down to Denver and got some vegan wings with her. We had a great conversation with the waiter, who apparently just loved hanging out with us. Um, and... So we took some pictures with my mom. I took some pictures of Sarah and my mom. And it brought up a conversation, which is Eric does not know how to take photos of Sarah. Eric's not IGBF material. Well, I'm getting there. I would like yeah. to, I would like to become IGBF material, <laughs> Instagram boyfriend material. Right. What's the problem? Detail it. It's, you know, it's it's a little difficult to explain, but I, when it happened, Eric was just showing me the pictures he had taken from our little outing with his mom. And not unlike the pictures you took last year, when I think it was before we had moved, your mom came and visited us. I was just horrified at how unflattering the photos were. And I was like, oh my God, do I really look like that? But I don't. I know I don't. So apparently what I do... 
<laughs> well, Han, let's let's start with what Sarah does and what I don't do. So when she takes a photo of me, I make you look good. Period. Right. <laughs> I I know that, but the problem is I was not understanding how. Okay. So she lines the camera up vertically, and she makes sure the camera is straight up and down, and she holds it lower on her chest around her tummy so it's flat and i look the perspective from the camera looks how i look when you're looking at me in real life right whereas i which that doesn't really make sense but what i do hopefully this part will make the first part make more sense what i do is i hold the camera a little bit higher and i tilt it down which makes sarah's legs look tiny and her head look big right yes you also try to fit my entire body in the frame which (laughs) rarely if ever looks good but you know that's another another story so we get home and i'm being absolutely raked over the coals about these photos (laughs) deservedly so because i was looking at them and i'm like yeah that's not how you look in person what did i do what a look how i massacred my boy right (laughs) so (laughs) uh so we had a little clinic when we got home and Sarah made me stand in the living room and she took my phone and she took pictures from every angle from up above me to perfectly flush with me and then from underneath. Perfectly flush with you. The lens was on your body. Okay, that's not exactly <laughs> the right term then. And she showed me exactly how, which angles are unflattering and why. Mm-hmm. And I learned. So now if I go to take a picture of her, I know exactly how to take it so that her body actually looks like her body looks. Because in reality, her head is not huge compared to her tiny, tiny legs. It is, but not that (laughs) much. It is not. (laughs) It just reminds me of, I feel like when we were like teenagers and everyone was going through the emo phase and they would take selfies from like above. Yeah. Just like looking up at the camera. So you looked kind of dead, you know? Yeah. It, it really it brought me back. Uh, so if you follow us, so if you follow Sarah on Instagram, you would see that she posted <laughs> she posted a collection of nine photos. I, I think it was nine photos, half of me and half of her from all the different angles in which which was the clinic she gave me on how to how to and how not to take photos of your partner. I felt very called out. And um, like I said, deservedly so. So speaking of emo things, I want to talk about pop punk for a second. We've been talking about this a lot. We should have gone straight into this. Yeah? Yeah. What do you mean? We should have just dove dove straight into this topic into because emo? this is very much, I feel like this is a topic we've been talking about a lot, is this pop punk resurgence. Right. Yeah. So if you're a, a music fan, have you noticed, and I'm just talking to the people listening, have you noticed that pop punk is coming back? The answer is yes. We have. I mean, Sarah keeps finding these new songs and showing them to me. And I mean, like, let's start with like Olivia Rodrigo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, if you guys are on TikTok, especially. I f- uh, so Olivia Rodrigo, Disney star. She was in, I think, one of the newer high school musical series, which I'm not really caught up on. But then now she's a, a pop music icon because mm-hmm. she just released her debut debut album and i think all three of her singles have just been dominating on the charts yeah but her most recent one good for you p- 
people have been noticing how similar it is to Paramore's misery business. Which is four, 15 years old, mm-hmm. 14 years old. Right. Such that people have been doing little mashups of them. They pitch correct or they, they pitch Olivia's version down so that it matches the pitch of misery business. And they even sound like very similar voices. I mean, not to get too musically nerdy, but the fact that you have to pitch Olivia Rodrigo's down, mm-hmm. it's crazy because misery business to me is the chorus is so high. It is. For a woman even. Mm. And Olivia Rodrigo's is even higher than that which means you have to tune it down that's crazy um yeah i mean i don't know i don't know what it is i wonder if there are articles written by people in the music biz about why it's coming back yeah i think when my oh well the other family thing is my dad was has been in town for the last few days so when he was here the other day we were talking to him about this and we were showing him these like new really pop punk songs Right, because pop punk is like punk music that's not too aggressive or hardcore and is catchy, but this is like pop punk music that's heavy emphasis on the pop, as in it's popular, as in the most popular songs right now have this vibe, mm-hmm. right? Like good for you. And I was trying to figure out. I was just kind of thinking out loud to my dad and Sarah. I was like, "Why is this happening?" And I was like, "I feel like maybe it's because people our age, a lot of us are just struggling emotionally." <laughs> Mm-hmm. and having new music that sounds like the music that made us happy when we were emotionally struggling as teenagers. Right. That's all coming back, and it's making us feel good again. Yeah. Well, I mean, let's be clear. I feel like I feel like we've always been nostalgic about that type of music. Mm. I don't know... I don't know if this happens for every single generation, but I think the music that came out, like... 2000s mid 2000s to 2010 i guess so i guess in the time when we were between middle school and high school that music is the music that makes everybody so nostalgic that's the music where if you're playing a gig and you have an acoustic guitar and you have some downtime and you start playing like an acoustic cover everyone will start singing Mm -hmm. like everyone will sing along yeah and i'm like is is that true for every generation? Like, is there that kind of music for your parents? Mm. Or is there something special about that time in history that makes everybody, like, everybody feel magnetized to it? Right. Well, I've been thinking about this because for some reason at our gym, and it's unlike any gym I've ever gone to for this reason, all I hear on the radio in there is like ACDC and Led Zeppelin and like 70s and 80s (laughs) rock. Yeah. 60s 70s 80s rock and i don't really get it mm-hmm. well i don't get it because usually gyms play like new pop music right yes. but so that's just out of the ordinary for me but also i was just thinking about how this music has been famous and popular for the entire time it's been out right like back in black by acdc it's always been in commercials it's always been here and there and the song's been out for like 45 years right and i'm like what but get like, over it <laughs> here's the thing i don't think it's i don't think that kind of music is necessarily being passed down through the generations though do you know what i mean mm-hmm. i mean some of it is i mean when i was in school everybody had like a Beatles shirt right i had an acdc shirt some music really is timeless because it has influenced modern day musicians and continues to but I do feel like some of that music that's older 
is still popular because the generation who was young when it came up is still alive and consuming mm-hmm. it. Yeah. And I I don't think that Gen Zers are listening to ACDC right now. Right. Personally. Right. Th- that's true. But I guess I was just thinking about how it won't go away. Like, it just won't go away. I mean, I guess just there are timeless artists. Like, in the gym, Smells Like Teen Spirit by Nirvana comes on. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's a timeless classic, right? Yes. Like, that'll always be... But I was just listening to it, and some some Zeppelin song was on, and it's like, a, it, it might, might have been A Whole Lot of Love, like one of their most famous songs. And I was listening to it as I was changing, and I'm like, yeah, it's a great song, but... But it's not? <laughs> no, I mean, it's a great revolutionary song. Like, I mm-hmm. love Zeppelin, but like, I don't need to hear it. I don't need to hear it out in public every time I go to the gym anymore. Like, it's 2021. There's so much music now. Right. Like, honestly, as much as I love Zeppelin, and I keep saying that, like, very influenced by John Bonham, their drummer, but, like, get the fuck over Zeppelin. Like, there's so much music, you know? Mm -hmm. But timeless, right? Sure. But, yeah, I wonder if our parents, people their age, feel um, nostalgic for that, like we do when we hear what's my age again what's my age again Mm -hmm. i don't know i think there are all these there's a few different camps when it comes to like some people are they really honor what's been created in the past and they think that to be a good musician good well-rounded musician or connoisseur of music you need to listen to and appreciate all of it and i will openly say that I, I don't listen to any of that old music, really. Mm-hmm. And I don't... I feel like there was a time where I thought, okay, well, I want to be a musician, so I should probably go back and listen to all of these classics. But it's I've, it's never been pleasant for me to listen to. Yeah. And it's very dominated by men, too, mm-hmm. which I is not usually my cup of tea. Even Robert Plant from Zeppelin, who kind of sounds like a woman, still a man. <laughs> Right. So it's few and far between the classic rock songs that I really, really love and and relate to and feel influenced by. But I mean, because of because the influence trickles down generation of musician to generation, I'm sure I'm getting influenced by it indirectly. Yeah. yeah. I don't think I need to go back and relive it because there really is so much music being created every second. Yeah. And I mean, so much of that so much of the nostalgia or so much of people enjoying old music is nostalgia even for someone like me like i was born in 1994 i obviously missed led zeppelin but i grew up hearing it my parents like led zeppelin and then when i started playing drums like when you start playing drums people are like oh you have to learn about john bonham their drummer because he like invented rock drumming right so I started listening to Zeppelin at a young age for those reasons. So like now I can still appreciate, even though I just said get over Zeppelin. I'm like, well, yeah, all their music is great. And I do like it. It's just been overplayed for me. But I think that's part of it is that when I was younger, I was listening and drumming along to Led Zeppelin. Whereas you just tried to give it a listen as an adult. Yeah. And it's just like when something's 50 years old and you're used to hearing the stuff that has been influenced by it. You know, like I've made you listen to Foo Fighters a ton who are all influenced by Zeppelin. 
And it's like that just it's like another step further into modern times. Right. Right. Which and I like that their music much better. Yeah. So, what you know, because they're taking Zeppelin and other influences and molding it into a new modern thing. Sure, but so. I don't. I don't think people are necessarily always doing it consciously. It's just, just happens. Right. Not everything is a direct homage to everyone who's ever influenced you. Yeah. I just think it's hard to go back and listen to old music that you have never listened to, and as an adult, be like, I think it's rare that you'd be like, "This is amazing." Right. I mean, you and I tried to on a previous run of the podcast listen to the wall by pink floyd and do kind of like our reaction to it and we both didn't like it and a lot of people feel very strongly protective of that album because it came out during a time when they were very influenced by it you know yeah and so i don't know we felt this pressure to like it and to appreciate it in the same way and it's just not possible because our experience is different and for that reason I feel like the flip side of that is people, maybe our parents' age, being like, oh, I don't really like this Olivia Rodrigo song. Good for you. It's just like... Why Why eh. does, Why does? is it lowercase? Why is she using the numeral for and <laughs> just you instead of Y-O-U? Grammar is a thing. Isn't it funny that that shit's been happening for like 15 years now? Like, wasn't Avril Lavigne using like the letter u instead of u in songs oh is skater boy sk8 or boy or is it not i think it might i think it might be and i'm I'm gonna look it up as i say this yeah and i think it might also be boi am i wrong am i wrong maybe here let's look up avril levine it's sk8 er space boi skater boy love it love it i mean language evolves it just does yeah or devolves depending on how you look at it (laughs) um Uh but yeah i mean obviously the people who grew up listening to that kind of music are the going to be the ones losing their minds over the resurgence of it Mm -hmm. and it's been great for us because as we're working on our excuse me as we're working on our first original songs we're like oh they kind of have like this modern vibe but also like this nostalgic rock kind of vibe and it's just been a very slow process and while our process has been happening like these singles are coming out and becoming popular and we're like oh yeah there's like a pop punk resurgence and like travis barker from blink 182 was featured as the drummer on like every song nowadays right and he's like you know one of the pioneers of pop punk drumming Mm -hmm. and he's just like on all these songs i love it I really do. I love it. I, Eric and I, when we were driving, we did like an hour and hour and 15 drive to his, his aunt's house for a little family gathering mm. this weekend. And we were listening on the way back to the pop punk, like one of the pop, pop punk, punk powerhouses. Yeah. Yeah. That Spotify generated. And, you know, I wasn't really consuming that much of that music at the time. So my familiarity with it is limited to just what was on the radio. So like, I chime in. What what is that song called? Uh, I Write Sins, Not Tragedies. Yeah. So I've heard that because I was on the radio. Ocean Avenue. You know, Mm -hmm. like the most popular ones. But Eric recognized like 90% of the songs on the playlist. And it's interesting because... I mean, you must have been listening to them when you were learning to play guitar. So yeah. you can't really remove, like you can't separate your musical identity 
from that type of music. And it's cool that now as we're stepping into making our own music, you can like kind of own that influence again. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And when I was making music on my own with a band a few years ago, I, I was trying to disown the influence because I was like, I don't know. I just felt like every song I wrote just sounded like Green Day or any of these bands. But I think being able to take Sarah's songs that she writes on a piano or a guitar and don't inherently sound like any of this music. <laughs> yeah. And then adding that influence that is na- that's ingrained in me, right? Like this Green Day influence. Your songs would otherwise not sound anything like pop punk. Right. Right? So being able to just use my influence there, it creates a nice balance. Because mm-hmm. right? the balance was off when I was writing the songs and, and, and creating it. And you were performing them with a band that had similar music musical influences, I would mm-hmm. guess. Yeah. And I, you know, I'm very much from this singer-songwriter camp, right? Mm. And I grew up listening to a lot of women because it's so interesting. My mom, you know, being such a reserved person is really responsible for my exposure to a lot of the music that influenced me. Like my mom had the Paramore album with Misery Business on it. Wait, really? Yeah, that's how I know that album. What? Yeah, I don't even know, like, at the time, how my mom was coming across this, these artists. But I know she, you know, she had iTunes, and she would buy, like, certain songs, and then she would burn them onto a CD and play them when she was driving us to school. Oh, my God. So it's like my mom is the reason I listened to Alanis Morissette and Paramore and just all of these other influences. Also, like, Sarah McLaughlin, who is not, you know... I don't know if she would be classified as rock. She kind of is. I would say so, yeah. Yeah. And that's not an artist that a lot of people talk about anymore, you know? They only ever talk about the song from the sad animal commercials. In the arms of the angel. Yeah, exactly. So, and, and that's the interesting thing is, like, I was listening to Phoebe Bridgers the other day, who's very popular, and I'm like, she sounds like Sarah McLaughlin. I can hear Sarah McLaughlin influence here. But in none of her interviews have I ever heard her mention Sarah McLaughlin. She's always talking about Elliot Smith and, you know, Bright Eyes. Mm. And I'm like, I'm puzzled by it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I wonder. Yeah. Are there maybe there are other people who sound like Sarah McLaughlin who mm. I, I don't know though. Yeah. But yeah, I hear that. Or like Annie Lennox too. Mm-hmm. A lot of that music. Yeah. Yeah, the Phoebe Bridgers thing was interesting because so Sarah has been listening to this podcast called Song Exploder, which I think we've talked about. I think we talked about it last episode. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So when we drove to see my mom last week, so yeah, over the last week, we've driven an hour each way to Denver to see my mom for her birthday and then an hour each way to see the other side of my family while my dad's in town. Um, So we've done a lot of driving this week and... I feel like usually we would, if since I, I usually drive long distances because I'm a lot more comfortable driving long distances. I hate driving. <laughs> um, usually, like, I'd pick music and Sarah would, you know, just kind of hang out or, like, I would listen to one of my podcasts or something. But all four hours of driving this week, we've just been listening to podcasts about songs. We've been listening to, like, playlists. Just trying to discover new music and hear what it sounds like and learn about it. Mm-hmm. And it's been really great. Yeah. Just so much information and so much, I mean, it makes 
such a contribution to our musical process. Mm-hmm. Just listening to, well, both things, listening to new songs mm-hmm. and saying like, okay, why do we love this or why do we absolutely hate this? Yes. And right. And like, how does that influence what we do next? And just hearing people talk about their music is so inspiring. Yeah. I think approaching music with, from a critical, through a critical lens is very useful when you're trying to make your own stuff. And I think that consuming a variety of music and, you know, like music that you know and love is like that comfy space. Mm -hmm. It's like, ah, yes, I can relax into this. But listening to a new album for the first time is like a little uncomfortable, I would say. At least for me, that's my experience. And you have to commit to it. I guess some people... And this is another thing is on Reddit, I followed a couple of music subreddits. So I followed indie heads and pop heads. And these are people who are music enthusiasts who they're on top of all the new releases and they're always talking about it. And just over the past couple of days consuming that that information, I'm realizing wow, like my perspective of certain songs and artists is so different from the general public consensus about about the same things and i i was hearing a lot of certain albums coming up and being mentioned as like like formative albums for the genre so everyone was talking about lord's melodrama Mm. i'm like i guess i have to listen to this so that's her is that her first album with royals no i think so the thing about lord is and I didn't know this because I really only knew Royals and like team, you know, mm-hmm. but is that she will put out a release and then disappear for three or four years and come back. And then her music is really successful because people are anticipating it. And Lord is known as a really good uh, lyricist, a good musician. When you right? say a release, do you mean an album? Mm-hmm. So is she not going on tour in between? I don't know. Okay. But for, as far as new music goes, right. she she's is kind not, of just hiding. Yeah, because a right. lot of people are pressured these days to just always be releasing constantly. Which is which is something really interesting. To, and we'll talk about it. We've been discussing how we're going to start releasing our music because, you know, there are all kinds of blogs and YouTube channels that tell you, like, what the best way to do it is to get more people to listen to it. But when you're famous, it doesn't fucking matter when you release stuff. You know, John Mayer. Really it does. I think it does. Right, but like you just said about Lord, she can just release an album every four years and a million billion people will listen to it because it's Lord. And like all the articles are like, Oh, Lord released new music. Sure, but would you know that Lord had released new music if I hadn't played it? No, but I know like John Mayer is about to release a new album, even though he kind of he released an album in twenty seventeen and then he just toured with the Grateful Dead for four years. And now he's like, Oh, I'm back, I'm gonna put out an album and now everyone's like, Oh my god, a new album. Sure, but again, I wouldn't know that John Mayer is releasing new music right. if you hadn't told me. Right. It just depends on what, what sphere you're running in, I guess. Yeah. So I think it is important, but you know, it's also important to do whatever feels right to you. Yeah. Well, the interesting thing about you following these subreddits is you've told me how differently the communities behave. Yeah. You know, you said with pop heads, which is all about pop music, right? It's like they talk about everything that could be related to pop. And there's always, didn't you say there was like always a discussion? Yeah. And each discussion thread has like 
a hundred comments under it. Right. Whereas with indie heads, they're very specific about mm -hmm. what they're like allowed to consider indie. Yeah. Didn't you say there was one artist who released an indie sounding song and they were all talking about it? And then the same artist released a song that was more poppy. Yes. And they were like, we can't talk about that song here. It was Lana Del Rey. Oh. And it was like one of her albums was heavily discussed on the indie heads uh, subreddit and then another one people were like don't let's not talk about this is too mainstream and everyone's like what like can we have some like clear rules laid out here um, and the answer is there are no rules it's, but it's it's like genres it's that stereotype about like indie indie kid you know mm -hmm. it's like uh, it's like as soon as other people hop on the trend yeah. you have to migrate to another thing right like i'm shocked they haven't disowned elliot smith for being too Mainstream. mainstream yeah right but he's like the prototypical indie singer songwriter right yeah i just thought, I thought that was so funny that's another so elliot smith came up on the indie heads because someone mentioned claro's new song blouse which has a similar chord it sounds very similar mm. to another of to one of elliot smith's songs and some people were like, well, this is a ripoff. And then other people were like, well, he's dead. He's not coming out with new music. So I love that other people are bringing us this sound. Right, right. Yeah. In his stead. Mm -hmm. That's pretty cool. That's a good way to think about it. Yes. Um, well, I mean, let's just continue on and talk about um, what we've been talking about, our release strategy. Yes. We don't have to get too far into it because nothing's set in stone and we don't know when this is happening or even if this is how we're going to do it. But there's just so much info on well, how... Well, we'll have music out in July because I don't want to wait longer than that. I don't think okay. it's really healthy to be like sitting on something for so long. Yeah, I mean, I want to get rid of it. I just had the strongest deja vu right now. Do you Weird. get deja vu? <laughs> That's another Olivia Rodrigo song from her new album. Yeah. Because every song is extremely popular right now. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I, don't, I honestly, I wrote down on my list which we haven't been working from props to us because we started this episode and we were like i was trying to go down the list of things mm -hmm. to talk about and sarah kind of stopped me and she was like it's kind of boring we're missing the what is life dudeness of it all yeah i'm just like we had we had pizza at my aunt's house <laughs> so <laughs> this is <laughs> and we restarted and this has been a much better episode because of it and it's also been 35 minutes which is crazy mm -hmm. um well, i'm having so much fun so we've been talking about how to release our songs because there are so many questions. Are albums still popular? Are albums still cool? Are albums only popular and cool if you're already popular and cool, mm. right? Do you just release singles one by one? What are EPs all about, right? right. E EPs, if you don't know, because I feel like an EP is kind of confusing for even, even for musicians. Yes. So an EP is like a short collection of songs. It's like four to four to seven songs is an EP, right. whereas seven songs plus is an album. Yeah. And like, for example, if you are an artist uploading music to Spotify, that is how Spotify will automatically classify things is if it's what, seven or fewer, six or fewer, six or fewer is an, is an automatically EP. it's an EP and, and longer then, is an album. And then the EPs on your Spotify artist page, they get sorted with your singles. Yes. So if you just release a song. And then you release a group of four songs, they get categorized in the same place, whereas albums are separate and they get shown first. So there's a lot of talk about 
how you're supposed to release things. Mm -hmm. And it's actually pretty sweet because what we learned and what we might do is you can basically tell your distribution uh, thing. (laughs) What am I trying to say? The platform you use to manage your music distribution. Right. Thank you. You can basically tell them, like, if you upload a song and then you re-release it with other music, you can kind of tell the platform, hey, this is the same song. So I'm going to delete the first one, but all the streams... Keep the stats. All the stats are going to go with it. Yes. So there's, like, this... um, there's a strategy to kind of... There's so many different strategies because, you know, Spotify is... It's... Well, it's not social media, but it's it functions like social media in that you are at the whim whims of an algorithm. Mm-hmm. So it's just weird to have to consider all that on top of just making stuff. Mm-hmm. But how you release things, how it performs within the first 24 hours matters in mm-hmm. terms of how how much spotify will push your music out to new listeners which means in a few weeks we're going to be saying pre-save 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 please on the yes. podcast um can i talk about our kind of grouping of songs that sure. we we're thinking about yeah okay so we have this collection of songs we have like 10 songs that are written mostly written that were slowly practicing and recording and yes. putting together as real music so we're thinking we're, we might do two collections of five songs each so two five song eps um i don't know how far apart they'd be spread out we don't know how far apart the singles will well, be once we release our first song i want to keep the ball rolling i don't want to wait six months right it's go time once we release the first song yeah i mean you got to step like at some point you just kind of have to jump off a Dive cliff in. and be like yeah, i'm gonna embody this new identity as a mm-hmm. musician now you know yeah otherwise you never get there That's otherwise true. you're half-assing two things yeah or m- you know more than quarter things. assing four things <laughs> <laughs> or octo assing eight things <laughs> right i'm gonna name this episode octo assing okay i mean i like it i, I really mean, do as you as you people who listen to the podcast learned from our last episode we're gonna just stop trying to think of like a unique title and just call them because every episode from now on is going to be like a recap of the last week and whatever's on our minds it's easier to just put some info in the description box and just call it episode 70. Sure. So, yeah. No octo-assing in the title. Well, I like octo-assing in the title. <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm pro-octo-ass, and I'm going to uh, petition for that. Anyway, what octo-ass were we talking about? sounds like it would be a Cardi B song. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Remember when I showed my dad the music video for Up by Cardi B yesterday? <laughs> and he was like, I don't really get her music and i was like none of us do dad none of us do i mean i do i get it on a visceral level well i think he's like i don't really get his music and i was like sex it's about sex appeal (laughs) Um, and it it works for her uh yeah so we're thinking we're gonna do two collections of five songs and release some singles beforehand but yeah like you said once we do the first one it's go time it's go time because you know like you said if you wait six months there's no momentum yes right so we've been kind of preparing a bunch of songs slowly 
But now we're trying to decide what order to release things in or what order the songs are going to be in in the EP. And which songs are going to go with which collection. So we have seven of your songs, right? And then three of my old songs that we're going to repurpose. Yes. And they all strangely fit kind of into two five-song groups. With two different themes. Right, right. Yes. That's what I was trying to say. So the themes being, one of the first theme is kind of like the arc of a relationship. And that's, those are very universal things, right? And it's funny because they're based, the songs are based off of not our our relation you know what i mean like i mean our yours and mine you mean yeah sure yeah we won't get into that second one this is the second album second ep second mm-hmm. group of songs is more about it's more i don't want to say mental health more like mental unhealth i would say <laughs> <laughs> mental unwellness yeah it's kind of like the what what made us the way we are mm-hmm. i guess yeah, and weirdly, you know, I have some songs that were like, that's a good song. Let's remake that in our style um, that fit on either of these collections. Yeah. They just fit in. But now we're finally thinking about what order should these songs be in. And mm. if you had asked me maybe six months ago, do albums really even matter? I I would have said no. Mm-hmm. I listen to people's singles. I listen to whatever shows up on New New Music Friday or Pop Rising, and I never really consume albums yeah. anymore. But then I think back to all the music that influenced me so much when I was a child, and I always listen to things in albums, and an album really is a story, right? Mm-hmm. Me too. And like so much to the point where sometimes when I, when I hear songs from any of those albums I listened to growing up, and the song ends, I can just hear the next song start in my yeah. head. Like I remember, it's like ingrained. Which in albums me. come to mind immediately? So like Jagged Little Pill, a lot of Billy Joel's albums. I had like almost all of his albums. Was you that know? your dad? That was your dad, not your mom, right? Yes. Billy Joel. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um. Yeah. So I'm. Uh, I'm a huge al- fan of albums. You mostly listen to albums. Yeah. Yeah. Eric's not really a big pop music consumer. Which is why I think I've been enjoying like listening to the pop playlist on our drives mm-hmm. this this past week because I, I I kind of need to be, and not just for the reason like oh well you know you got to hear what new producers and musicians are doing in, in their music nowadays like that's part of it but also it's like well what do I what do I like and what do I not like yeah like what do I not want to incorporate because mm-hmm. I don't like the sound of it. Um, and there, cause there's a lot of both yes. in today's music for me, but I think albums are of huge importance, but I think when you're a brand new artist, it's just, you know, it's hard enough to get people to listen to one song of yours when they don't know you yet. And so then trying to get them to listen to an album is 12 times as hard. Right. Because there are 12 songs. But if somebody does hear about you and does open up your album, it really does matter what the first song is that plays Mm -hmm. because that song sets the tone, the feeling tone for the entire experience. Yeah. And you need to have, you you need to have, 
uh, what's the word I'm looking for? You need to have like some sort of history. You have to have some sort of clout for people to like to get away with like a concept album or something where like, oh, the first song's not like it's not going to draw you in right away, but it like sets the tone. You know, how some albums that are story based mm. open up with like a weird track. That's yes. like two minutes of like ambient sounds and like talking or something. Right, like Phoebe Bridger's Punisher starts out with a a track called DVD Menu, oh, which yeah. is just like a, an instrumental track, very short, that might be playing. I mean, nobody has DVDs anymore. <laughs> what about Blu-rays? I don't know. We don't use any of that. We just use streaming. But yeah. just that the looping sound that goes on in a dvd menu right to get away with shit like that it's like you have to have fans that are i don't agree necessarily but yeah i I remember when i made an album with my band in college and i did it at the studio i was interning at for school i i wrote like a concept album like a fiction concept album and i I was going through like the final listen through with will the owner of the studio and my professor and we were listening to it in the studio and he was like just commenting on i got an a okay yes i'll say that but he was commenting on the music and everything and the mix and i was like well what about the lyrics i was like did you like get the whole like story and he was like oh i mean no i just listened to it once like no one's gonna he kind of told me like no one's gonna get that like no one's gonna hear that like the first time they listen to it that it's like this complex storyline mm-hmm. and i'm like what do you mean that's that's why i wrote it and he's like he, he, yeah people don't focus on that though like especially the first time through like no one knows what your story is supposed to be mm-hmm. and i was like crushed i was like what you didn't catch the story i made the album with you here well that's why you want to make it good enough that people listen to it again right yeah so yeah that was just an experience i wanted to put out there right I mean, it just depends on the kind of listener, too. Some people are much more invested in the story. So when I listened to this past week, I listened to the entirety of Sour, which is Olivia Rodrigo's album, and I listened to it with the lyrics open. And I also looked at who wrote the songs, because some of them she wrote on her own, some of them co-written. And there's a very clear story. But then the last song is not related to the story, (laughs) and it kind of bothered me. And a couple of people on popheads were talking about that how it seemed like she just threw it in what is the story and what is the last song well the story is relationship stuff right and i think that's why that's why like you and i don't necessarily connect with the album that much i think because it's very teenager i mean her first single is about getting your driver's license yeah and i'm like i got my driver's license 10 years ago (laughs) yeah so olivia yeah but it, and it's interesting, too, because this is her debut album, but because she's been in the public eye for so long, people know what relationship she's writing about. Yeah. And people have opinions about it, and people know who she's referencing when she says, now you're with that blonde girl. It's like, oh, it's that other girl from High School Musical, yeah. the show. <laughs> yeah. And um, it's, so, it's, yeah, it's very interesting. Mm-hmm. What's the last song about? It's about, well, when I was reading Genius, it seems to be about, like, losing touch with with a friend 
that you used to have and then finding out they're doing okay and being happy and proud of them even though you're not like still in communication with them okay but it she seems to be referencing people who are in the lgbqt community mm-hmm. did i say that in the right order LG- lgbtq mm-hmm. community and some people were like well i mean it's a nice sentiment but it seems like she just threw it in there to like have some sort of social justice like, rhetoric in there yeah i don't know it didn't match the rest of the, the songs man that's a whole other conversation yeah is like feeling like people in the public eye feeling forced to well like do that if she felt forced to or pressured right. to add something like that to her album and like doesn't really make sense yeah you know you know i can almost guarantee i'm never going well you know Never say never, but I don't think I'm ever going to write a song that is attempting to be universal. Like, mm-hmm. I'm never going to write an anthem yeah. to people with X, like, characteristic. Oh, yeah. Okay. yeah. I'm never going to be like, you matter, you belong here, you're loved. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I, that's not my strong suit. Right. And it doesn't have to be because there are people who do that. Yes, like Katy Perry. Right, exactly. (laughs) You've got the eye of the tiger. Didn't she make a song with Pikachu (laughs) recently? I I could have sworn I I saw a video on YouTube of her with like a CGI Pikachu. Um, I was thinking it would be funny if I asked you what that last Olivia Rodrigo song was about and you were like, sushi. (laughs) Just like something totally random. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I mean, do you want to talk about Billie Eilish at all? Speaking um, about being in the public eye. Yeah, I'm sure. Because that, so <laughs> usually what happens in the morning is we wake up, Sarah and I cuddle a little, I look at my phone a little, I get out of bed, brush my teeth, get ready for the day. And while I'm doing that, then Sarah, she looks at her phone for those like five, 10 minutes, and then she gets up second. So the other morning I was on the couch waiting for her to get out of bed and she was taking longer than usual so finally she came out with her phone she goes ah and i'm like what happened what took you so long (laughs) she was like i was reading so much drama on instagram and i was like what happened so apparently Billie eilish she posted a she posted a bunch of screenshots or stills from her latest music video in which the music video is just her and a bunch of other women like in pjs having a slumber party and like dancing twerking right you know you know gals being gals and so she posted a few screen caps with her and the other women who were in the video and she wrote i love girls and then i guess well you you can you explain because you're you'll explain well, it better than me people are like well are you queer baiting or are you coming out as bi like what is the like give us some context here right and queer, she... queer baiting meaning just trying to appeal to the queer community or like just just for that reason right well like giving the impression that you are queer right because it's it's no secret that like a lot of like girl on girl stuff is geared towards the male gaze right that's that's a thing Mm -hmm. and which is so weird because it does not go the other way around no like straight women do not want to see I mean, man, man. maybe some of them do. I'm sure but... some people do, but like generally, right. it's not the same. Yeah. So that exists. And I think a lot of people or a lot of artists have kind of used that 
to kind of draw people into mm-hmm. their art. I, whatever. So she started getting a lot of comments like, girl, are you coming out? Or are you just saying like, are you literally just saying, oh, I love girls. Ha ha ha. Or are you coming out? Because it matters to a lot of people. Mm. Um, and then I guess the next day she posted a photo of just herself like in her car. And she was like, I am tired. And everyone was like, yeah, you need to respond to what all of us are asking you about from your last post. So that's the drama. Mm. And people are bringing up her boyfriend. I don't well, know, man. she's 19 and she's dating a 29-year-old. <laughs> yeah. After just having released a single about, presumably, her previous relationship where there was like a five or six-year difference, but she was a minor. Mm. And you know, just the power imbalance that happens when there is that age difference. The song is called Your Power. And she's saying, yeah. try not to abuse your power as an older man, presumably, as an older man in our relationship. So the whole thing is very confusing. Yeah. And there's layers. Yeah. And it's it's like simultaneously annoying that fans are always demanding so much from people. But also, I I guess if your fans are the ones who are you know, helping you pay your bills, you do, you know, if you're going to put certain things out there, you do have to be accountable for it. Right. If you don't want to be accountable for it, don't put, or try not to put it out there. Right. Though I guess it's hard because I know for a lot of celebrities, there are things they don't want to put out there, mm-hmm. but paparazzi, you know, they're paparazzi taking pictures. <laughs> I, I, I was scrolling through like my Instagram recommended stuff and I got recommended like some paparazzi photos of Dua Lipa and what's his name? Anwar? Mm-hmm. Hadid? Mm-hmm. Right. So he's related to Bella Hadid and Gigi. Right. Yes. So it's just they're just like leaving a restaurant and it's like dark and there's like a shitty shitty flash photos from the paparazzi and they're like, ah, hi. And I'm like, I'm so sorry for all of you. <laughs> the paparazzi should be uh illegal. Right. They're truly, truly heinous. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's that. Is there anything else you want to add? Well, what did that make you think about? Or like, I don't know. The whole conversation? Sure. Um, I don't know. I really just how it affects us and our music. Mm -hmm. And I feel like the whole thing has just kind of positively influenced me and made me motivated and inspired to make stuff. Mm. Not the paparazzi part, but the listening to people talk about their music and learning about albums and eps and release strategy and i don't know i mean you've been you've been trying to get me to just listen to more music mm. and being in the car for so long this week has helped that and it uh really is for good reason yeah it's really helped what about you well i guess the thing i'll wrap up with is reading about everyone's opinions on certain celebrities certain musicians you know, like with Sour, for example, and everyone having an opinion on everyone going on to like her ex-boyfriend's socials or his ex-boyfriend, her ex-boyfriend's new girlfriend's socials and harassing them. I'm like, I'm grateful that right now we're coming from a place of relative obscurity mm-hmm. and we really can be uh, intentional about what we what information we want to put out there. And I've always, like, I like to be a bit mysterious. I like to let people interpret things as they will. So, you know, I'm not putting all of the information out there with regard to our music. 
Well, when my dad was here yesterday, I was showing him um, some of our songs that are works in progress. And I don't know, I don't know how it came up, but he was like, oh, when you guys get famous and you're doing interviews, he said, we're going to be like Penn and Teller, like the old uh, magician duo where Penn does all the talking and Teller doesn't, his shtick is to not ever say anything publicly, um, insinuating that I would do all the talking in the interviews and Sarah wouldn't say anything. And I was like, I get it. And it's funny, but I think it would actually kind of be the opposite. And Sarah will kind of control what information about our music and about our relationship like she wants to be public mm. and i don't know i i referenced taylor swift how everyone loves taylor swift because she talks so much about her life and her personal happenings but it's really all controlled by her you know like she really controls the narrative in the media and she does a great job of it and i'm like i feel like that's how sarah's gonna want to handle it mm. like this is the information i divulge Mm-hmm. and this information only yeah i mean i think that's why i like the weekend so much the weekend's public persona is like you can't really find any interviews with him yeah. and I, I mean i'll give an interview but i don't like to you know i like to keep some information i like to keep some mystery yeah is there anything else little you want to talk about i don't think so all right are you tired now mm-hmm. yeah really wiped you out yeah it's All right. also just really hot. Yeah, we got to turn <laughs> the air on. Um, okay, well, th- actually, there's one little thing I want to say, um, just because I had it written down, but I want to give a quick shout out. I won't say your last name because we didn't, haven't talked about it, but we have a listener, Lisa, who I've talked to on Instagram, and I just want to give a public shout out. She told me she listened to Andy Weir's new book, The Guy Who Wrote The Martian, And I've said weeks, months ago on the podcast, I loved his first book, The Martian, and I hated his second book. And she was like, yeah, I also hated his second book, but I'll listen to the third book when it comes out and let you know if I liked it. So she sent me a message and she was like, it's really good. You'll love it. So I just wanted to publicly thank you for (laughs) for recommending that to me because I'm super excited to listen to the book. Um, And that was it. Cool. Cool. Well, thank you guys for listening. We'll talk to you next week. And for now, we will send it over to our supporter shout out. Hi, guys. We're pausing this conversation for a few moments to give a big thank you to our supporters. These are our listeners who make a monthly contribution through Anchor, which is our hosting platform. If you'd like to become a supporter as well, you can visit anchor.fm slash whatislifedude and click on the support button. And if you enjoy the show, another great way to support us is by giving us a positive rating and a review on iTunes. Just takes a few moments and it helps new listeners find the podcast so we can continue to grow our community. So thank you so much to everyone who supports us in one way or another. This podcast wouldn't exist without you guys. So without further ado, shout out to our anchor supporters, Inga, Mel, Morgan, Jennifer, Scotty, Glenn, Kevin, Jessica, Marie, Nina, Izzy, Reem, Alexis, Annalise, Nadia, Merv, Teresa, Kelsey, Ellis, Anna, Megan, Samantha, Dylan, and Sarah.